Wow. Someone just say wow. Ah, <laughs> just I used to I used to be troubled about meetings like this. <laughs> troubled and uncomfortable. It says in you know first Corinthians fourteen, I said, Lord, you said in the Bible that all things must be done decent and in order. <laughs> And I heard this, yes, Steve, cemeteries are decent and in order. <laughs> if, our, if our goal is to prevent wildfire, we'll never have the true fire. And, you know, freedom doesn't, doesn't mean anything goes, but there needs to be an atmosphere of freedom. When I was leading, I would err on the side of allowing too much Holy Spirit activity. If I erred on any side, I'd err on the side of allowing a little too much. In the Old Testament, David was bringing the ark back to Jerusalem, and it was going to fall off its thing that was carrying it. And Uzzah tried to steady the presence of God. didn't work out well for him. <laughs> he uh, was no more. Wow! What an honor it's been to be here. What a what a treat to participate with the Eastgate family and Pete and Kim and the team. And Irene, you're a blessing, by the way. You've just you know, yeah, yeah. Our, our team gets to work with her in, in planning all this, and what a, what a blessing you are. What a blessing. You do such a great job. do such a great job. Yeah. Um, let me just uh, see what else I was going to say. <laughs> it's kind of hard to think up here. You know, I was thinking I was going to have my own Enoch experience tonight. <laughs> Steve went to Eastgate and was no more. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> yep, so... Ellie, why don't you stand? Ellie's been serving the whole weekend. Those of you who are new, she just graduated. Third-year student, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And she's been, uh, just those of you who have been here, have been contributing so powerfully into what's happening. And it's been incredible. And yeah, I'm on staff at Bethel Church, Reading. Um, travel about half the year. We have our own ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries, and we have a mandate to ignite hope. There's no hopeless circumstances; only hopeless people. Once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. If there's going to be faith. Hope always comes before faith. And, and, you know, just uh, somebody, hope is a general, overall, optimistic attitude about the future. Faith is more specific. Faith says God's going to do it that way. Hope says, I don't know how God's going to do it, but he's going to do it. Faith, if you try to walk in faith without hope, it's weird. We just get weird. But if you have faith and hope, it's healthy. Because if you have faith without hope, we tend to put all our eggs in one basket. This has to happen or it's all over. Mm -hmm. Hope says if that doesn't happen, something better's coming. 
Because hope people believe they have options. If you're faith without hope, you don't have options. But if you have, if you have hope, you have a lot of options. Why don't you just say, I have a lot of options. Why don't you say it again? Are you saying I have a, what are you guys saying? I have a, a lot of hope options? Is that what you said? You have a lot of options? Is that what you said? Okay. <laughs> it's thick up here. <laughs> I like it when, you know, when renewal broke out in the 90s. I liked it because speakers could blame any mistake they made on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Yeah. It's too much Holy Spirit up here. Those who believe they have a lot of options have a lot of options. Those who believe they don't have a lot of options don't have a lot of options. We've been laughing at lies the whole weekend. Let's laugh at this lie. You're a person who doesn't have much options. Ha ha. Ha ha. Give an extra laugh on that one. Ha. <laughs> We've been laughing because laughter is a powerful spiritual weapon that breaks off the absurdity of getting our beliefs from past experience rather than what God's saying. Laughter is one of the beginning ways to, to start demolishing strongholds in our thinking. Because once you start laughing at the lies, it starts to disempower the lies. So let's just laugh at a few more lies. Why don't we just laugh at this one of the devil's favorite lies? You are a failure. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The Bible says we're more than a conqueror. Man, it sounds like a conqueror would be good enough for me. You know, more than a conqueror. Let's laugh at this line. Um, you, this meeting will have no long-lasting impact on your life. Ha, 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 ha. So what we're going to do tonight, um, we're going we're gonna to go after the joy of the Lord tonight. I mean, it makes me a little nervous to try to think. I mean, it makes me a little nervous, you know, preaching this message here. I mean, so I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I'm going to I'm going to give it a chance. Some would say you're probably not going to get through this message with this group. Some some would say that. But I'm going to I'm going to give it my best shot. Now, got saved in the 70s, tail end of the Jesus movement, and I, I got radically saved. Then I moved in a little bit of religion and legalism for probably 10, 13 years of my Christian life, and then the Lord sent us to pastor and sent us out in the middle of the desert near Las Vegas, Nevada, and where things started to change. I met Bill Johnson, senior leader at Bethel Church, and he was coming out to our church to minister every year. And I got a hold of um, this hope message, and we've been ministering on that this weekend. And the basic thing is that we've, we heard is that uh, our hope level is the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth. We've got a lot of hope, we're believing a lot of truth. Don't have much hope, we're believing lies. And, and believing hope always leads a believing truth always leads to hope. And Romans fifteen thirteen says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Say all joy. All joy and peace in believing. So if you boil that verse down to its essence, now may the God of hope fill you in believing. So we get filled when we believe truth. We get filled with hope. Increasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with truth and not lies. Decreasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with lies instead of truth. But what I didn't know is I, I, I didn't know that if I was going to have hope, that all joy came with hope. 
Mm-hmm. I wanted hope, but I was nervous about all joy. <laughs> and I'll just, I'm going to tell you my story about how the Lord um, entered me into greater joy. Because I used to be a joy-impaired, laughter-impaired Christian. Someone was crying in church. I'd go, oh, yes, amen. (laughs) God is moving. And he probably was moving. But someone was laughing. I'd be troubled and uncomfortable. If they really got it, they wouldn't be laughing. And I know we don't laugh all the time. We weep with those who weep and... There's times where we grieve. There's times where, you know, I understand that. But I I believe that the body of Christ has been joy deficient. And one of my assignments is to to release the joy of the Lord. And so I remember I was getting hope in early 90s, and a phenomenon really broke out in the church during that time called holy laughter. There'd be a meeting like this, and someone would be, would be in the meeting, not planning on laughing. <laughs> then they would start laughing and could not stop laughing. Sometimes whole sections of people not planning on laughing would start laughing and try to stop laughing and couldn't. Ushers did not know what to do. Sometimes preachers would come to the pulpit fully planning on preaching. And, and they would open their mouth and also would come out would be laughter. I observed that and I was troubled and uncomfortable. I said, I thought, I thought God may want us a little happy, but I don't think he wants us that happy. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to look in the Bible and see if joy's actually in there. Because I don't think joy's in there that much. And wow, then I found out it's in there all over. Nehemiah 8.10, it says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Wow, I've got a theory that our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. I've got a theory that our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. I used to say to the Lord, I'll be joyful when all my problems are over. <laughs> Let's laugh at that. <laughs> and he said, yeah, basically heard this. He said, Steve, you don't need joy at the end of the battle. You need joy in the middle of the battle. It's your strength. And I found out this, there's no convenient time to walk in joy. For pretty much everybody in the room, tonight's just not a good night to just radically walk in joy. Although as I look at you, I kind of think this may not be the case here. But I need, you know, I need joy not just in a service. I love the service joy. I love Holy Spirit joy. And I want truth joy. And it's my, it's my strength because I'm doing a lot of stuff. I need strength. I got a lot of unresolved things in my life. I got promises that uh, I'm, I'm believing for. I've got pressures. I've got relational things that are happening. And, and, and I need strength right now. And so I need, to, I need to find a way to activate the joy of the Lord now. And, and, and you know what I'm hearing? God's going to activate it in you tonight. It says in Proverbs 17:22, a merry heart is good like medicine. Doctor God said, Steve, I've got a prescription for you. I want you to laugh heartily three times a day. Yep, let's laugh at that. Ha ha. And science has caught up with the Bible again and proven the health benefits of laughter. You could just do an online search of of laughter and health. And you're going to find amazing things. Some of you have already found that. And, I mean, laughter builds up your immune system to fight off diseases. 
I read where laughter releases cells in your body that fight off cancer. Laughter, uh, laughter causes endorphins to be released in your body, which is the natural painkiller. I heard this, 10 minutes of hearty laughter is like working out 10 minutes on a rowing machine. Let's laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Woo! Anybody like shortcuts? Yes! Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. That seemed to ring a bell there. It seemed like people, people like that here. It says, what's it say in Psalm 16:11? Does it say, in his presence is halfness of joy? Fullness? It says fullness. Wow, in his presence is fullness of joy. Now, we may not be outrageously joyful every time we're in his presence, but if we're never outrageously joyful in his presence, we may not be as much in his presence as we thought we were. Yep, let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. A chronic lack of joy is a representation of an incomplete God encounter. A chronic lack of joy is a representation of an incomplete God encounter. Let's laugh at that as well. <laughs> in, in Psalm 100, what's it say? Serve the Lord with grumbling. Oh, gladness. Serve the Lord <laughs> gladness. Wow. I've got a theory that when we've let go of gladness in a ministry assignment or a God assignment, we've hit the lid of our ministry influence. Once we let go of gladness, gladness is like a, it's a catalytic, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a fruit of 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 just indicating we're ready for the next, for higher levels of, of responsibility and influence. And, you know, there's always a reason. Every one of us in our assignments have, and I'm not talking about a bad day or a bad week. I'm just talking about chronically letting go of gladness. All of us have reasons in our assignments why we should not be glad. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> Nobody's got a perfect assignment. Let's laugh this life. People who work at Bethel Church in Reading have a perfect assignment. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Yep, there's no problems there. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. No, everybody has things they wish were different. And, and, and it's how to, how to actually, you know, find gladness in, in situations that aren't perfect. That, that's, that's a key. I want to serve him with gladness. I want, I want to live, I want to do my assignment with gladness. David prayed in Psalm 51. He said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Man, I don't want to get as low as David did adultery and murder before I pray that. I, I think, yeah, I think it's just a great pray, prayer to pray right now. Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Why don't you pray that? It's a powerful prayer. It's a powerful prayer, the joy of our salvation. You know, it says in Hebrews 1.9 that Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. I mean, Jesus was the most glad being on the planet. My image of Jesus used to be, I thought Jesus was, was like a, a, a Star Trek Mr. Spock with long hair. <laughs> Mr. Spock, unemotional, no emotions. Jesus had an oil of gladness. It says in, in, in Isaiah 61, it talks about the oil of joy. 
Remember in that season, basically, I felt like the Lord says, Steve, I want you to pull out your oil of gladness dipstick. You guys call them dipsticks? Yeah, you got, yeah, yeah, okay. Pull out. <laughs> Can't remember where I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Pull out your oil of gladness dipstick and take a look. And, and, and I looked at it. There's nothing on it. <laughs> nothing on it. Says, Steve, we have problem. What happens to a car that runs out of oil? Seizes up, burns out, it's not going to last. What happens to a leader that doesn't have the oil of gladness? They're not going to last. And I'm in the room tonight with great leaders, great influencers. <laughs> in, in Luke 2.10, it talks about the angel. It, it, it records what the angel tells the shepherds about baby Jesus. Now, I can imagine they had meetings in heaven. You know, at some committee meetings. <laughs> and they're saying, hey, I, will you guys have a meeting and uh, work on what the angel should say to the shepherds. Yeah, I can just, I can just see one guy, you know, one angel raised. Yeah, here, I got an idea. Let's have, let's have the, the angel say, this baby's going to grow up, build a church, and you better attend. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and they went, eh, ah, that doesn't sound good. Now the one says, hey, let's have the baby say this. Let's have the baby say. Let's have the baby say. Let's have the angel say, this baby's going to grow up and teach you how to pray. <laughs> okay. Well, it's good, maybe, but doesn't seem to really fit. Another angel says, um, let's have the baby say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. Here we go. <laughs> they, they had some problems in those committee meetings in heaven. They, they, some of the angels couldn't keep things straight. <laughs> Let's have the angel say... <laughs> Let's have the angel say, this baby is going to grow up and teach you how to tithe. <laughs> they voted that down too. Now listen, out of all the topics of Christianity, I mean, there's just, just you think about everything. We're talking about peace, Bible reading, uh, Holy Spirit encounters. Of all the topics, here's what they decided to say when baby Jesus was born. It's this. Behold, I bring you good tidings of what? Great joy, which will be for all the people. I bring you good tidings of what? Great joy, which will be for all the people. Man, isn't that amazing? Of, of everything that could have been talked about. It, 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 they talked about joy, not just a little joy, great joy. Not just for those with the right personality, but for all the people. I like great joy. I've got a dog at home. is is a black lab. His name is Duncan. And Duncan is one of my joy mentors. 
He's one of my joy mentors. Well, when I come home, he doesn't just walk up to me slowly. Look up at me and say, I'm joyful on the inside. <laughs> now, Duncan, he, he has joy unbarkable. And full of glory. I mean, he's like, man, I mean, he, when I open the door, I mean, he, he doesn't know what to do. He's just sprints and he, yeah, and, and he's wagging his tail so hard that I'm concerned he's going to pull a back muscle. <laughs> Great joy. He's one of my mentors. I say, I, I want to, when I grow up, I want to be like Duncan. <laughs> but the verse that really gets me, there's a whole lot of other joy verses, but the one that really gets me is uh, Romans 14, 17. It says, the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but about righteousness peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy is one-third of the kingdom. Someone just go, hmm, 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 hmm. Well, if it's one-third of the kingdom, maybe I should prioritize it. Maybe I shouldn't be passive. Well, Lord, if you want me to have joy, you know where I live. You know, we're certainly not passive about righteousness. I mean, man, you know, you just, you know, if, if manifest righteousness begins to decline in the church, somebody says, Pastor, you got to do something. Can't let that happen. But I've noticed that if joy starts to decline in the church, not very many people get upset. Yeah, well, it's just it's just joy. Boo. I mean, one, one third of the kingdom. Wow. You know, it's one third of the kingdom. But for the first fifteen years of my life, I could count on one hand how many messages I heard on joy. Wow, it's one third of the kingdom, but nobody's talking about it. Why? Here's here's what I believe on that. Because under a religious mindset, it's impossible to be joyful. <laughs> yes. Because under a religious mindset, if you're joyful, it means you're not getting it. If you got it, you'd understand God has just about had enough of you. He's so frustrated and disappointed with you, he's about ready to implode. You prayed one hour, you should have prayed two. You fasted for three days, but you ate a marshmallow on day two. And now God is angry. That marshmallow looks so good. I don't even like marshmallows, but it looked good that day. Religion only celebrates and becomes joyful with perfection. But families celebrate and become joyful with progress. Religion only celebrates and becomes joyful with perfection, but families celebrate and become joyful with progress. I've got seven grandchildren, 
and I believe it was when our oldest, Caden, was learning to walk, our daughter, Heidi, Caden's mom, would send us texts saying, Caden took a step. And I'd look at that, I'd become joyful. So, Wendy, Caden, he took a step. Woohoo! Hey, everybody. <laughs> My grandson took a step. And it's interesting, Heidi never texted us and said, Caden fell down again. He fell down 50 times a day. He's such a disappointment to us. He's an embarrassment to our church, I mean our family. If, if parents were like many Christian leaders, here's what they would say to their toddler who's trying to walk but falling down. Quit trying to walk. You're being presumptuous and prideful. It's clear you do not have the gift of walking. Because if you had the gift of walking, it wouldn't be so hard for you. You wouldn't be struggling so much. Besides, if you had the gift of walking, you'd already be walking. Don't you know walking ceased with the apostles? <laughs> it's clear that in God's infinite wisdom and superior sovereignty that he has predestined you with the gift of crawling. Be content in the state you're in. If God wants you to be a walker, he'll zap you. And you'll instantaneously start walking. Poof! It's ridiculous. <laughs> Those who succeed most also seem to fail most. I used to think I had a, you know, had a good year because I didn't fail. And the Lord says, yeah, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> the goal in life is, is not to never fail or never look like a failure. We just break that thing off us. A guy named Winston Churchill you might have heard of. He said this, he said, success is moving from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. <laughs> Those that succeed most also seem to fail most. Let's, um, I want to take that and I, want, and I just want you to laugh at a few things. If you tried to speak in front of others and it was difficult for you, it means you do not have the gift of speaking. Ha, ha, ha. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. Because if you had the gift of speaking, it wouldn't be hard. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. If you tried to lead something and it didn't go well, it means you did not have the gift of leadership. Ha-ha. Ha-ha-ha-ha. If you tried to walk in joy and hope and kept falling down into discouragement and depression, it means you do not have the, you do not have the gift or ability to walk in joy and hope. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Let's give an extra laugh at that one. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. 
Because if he had the gift or ability, it wouldn't be hard. Ha uh-huh. If you tried to pray for the sick and nothing seemed to happen, it means you do not have the gift of healing. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. You know, the spirit of perfectionism, which, you know, it's part of the religious spirit, is this perfectionistic spirit. You can have perfectionism without the religious spirit, but they both rob people of doing things. They both, because we just, I'm not going to do it till I can do it perfectly. Well, that thing's got to get broken off. I mean, where you're going, you can't take that thing with you. I probably fail more than anybody in this room. Ha ha. If you want to call it failing, I call it learning. I don't call it failing. But I'm just because I'm doing things. I'm trying to do things. I'm trying to stretch myself into walking in things I've never walked in before. I'm trying to walk at higher levels. And every time I start trying to walk in something, I don't walk in it perfectly at first. And, you know, I remember, you know, I've written a number of books. I remember one of the books I wrote. By the way, you know, there's there's great authors, obviously, in this house, but there's there's more authors than have written books so far. Somebody in this room who has never written a book, doesn't think they can write a book, you're going to write a book that's going to change everything. That's what I just heard. <laughs> Remember one of the books we wrote, um, we made a major typo error in it. You know, we do everything we can to edit and fine tooth comb. And, we, and so, because we self-publish and uh, we ordered a bunch of books and somebody brings it up to me. We had misspelled the word forward. Yep, let's not laugh at that. <laughs> It's really big, like on page five or seven, you know, very large font, misspelled. So someone comes up to me, you know, and shows me, and I hadn't seen it. Oh, did you notice? I said, no, I didn't notice that. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. But, you know, I had a momentary, eh. But then, you know, I, I got over that, and I thought, wow, you know, at least I'm trying to do so. At least I'm trying to walk. At least I'm trying to walk as an author. I mean, I'm trying. And it's in that spirit that, by the way, I just released that spirit over you tonight. I just break off perfectionism tonight in the name of Jesus. That perfectionism says I'm not going to do it until I can do it perfectly. That's why, you know, the culture of faith and, you know, risk, risk and faith is so important that you guys embrace. We celebrate effort. We celebrate people trying. And we just say, thank you, Lord, for taking that to a higher level. It's a, but, but it's that thing of, of learning how to celebrate. And, you know, the thing that I, I could, I had a very difficult time celebrating my progress. And, 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 and basically, I remember um, early on in our marriage with, with Wendy, uh, Wendy and I are, are very, very different. Let's laugh at that. Ha ha. I tend to be much more structured. She's much more spontaneous. Ha ha. Ha ha. And early on in marriage, I tried to conform her into my image. Yeah. And I remember when, when I made her cry again. I remember, I remember the exact moment, you know, uh, uh, that I, I said something, you know, just saying, eh. you know what that eh is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was trying to help be helpful. And I remember I made her cry again. I remember the, I saw her and I, I, something just inside me broke. Something inside me, the Lord just said, this isn't working. 
this is not working. And, and, and I, I, he challenged me to love her unconditionally. And, you know, my thought was, well, man, if she doesn't have my low-grade guilt, you know, to help her, What might she become? It's risky business to love unconditionally. But, yeah, I, I just I said, I made a decision. I was, I was going to move in that direction. I didn't do it perfectly, but there was a heart change that happened in me. And, and I just began to love her. And it was like, um, and just, you know, basically saying, you know, because I, for me, outward image um, I'm on staff, you know, all, all the outward stuff. I want to look like the perfect Christian family. It's the, <laughs> that's, 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 that was the perfectionism thing. Yep, I did not want to appear like we weren't perfect. Yep, let's laugh at that as well. Ha, ha, ha. Whew, I had to start letting go of that. And, 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 but then it really, you know, so I grew with her. But then the Lord says, I want you to start loving yourself unconditionally. (sighs) Yeah. What might I become if I don't have guilt and condemnation helping me? What might I become? And, you know, it's risky. You know, the, the, if you preach grace, you know, to its fullness, it's risky because people could interpret it as a license to sin. And, you know, and if, if, if that doesn't, if people, if, if, how, how should I say it? If, if, people, if, if people would never interpret you that way, you're probably not preaching grace strong enough. But it, it, the, the greatest truths also have the greatest potential for misuse and abuse, the greatest truths. And, and, and when you start, you know, I remember just this whole thing, and I'm still on the journey of this, of just loving myself and celebrating me. Just celebrating. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting better. Man, you know, I, I, I'm... This last few years, I've gotten better with my eating habits. It's not perfect, but I've gotten better. Someone say yay. Yay. Yep, sometimes I fall back down into eating things I shouldn't eat. Uh Uh-huh. But I'm getting better. And I I celebrate me. Steve, you're doing a good job. Woo! And, you know, just, just learning how, because if we never celebrate ourselves, then we're probably under a, a perfectionistic religious mindset. And the joy of the Lord is, is our strength. I mean, it's, it's our strength, and, 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 and we, we need it. I need strength. Do you need strength? I'll tell you one final thing that pushed me over the top in joy, and then um, we're going to have a, a fun way to end tonight. When I was in Nevada, there was a, a ministry called Circuit Rider Tent Ministries uh, that was out of Seattle that came out of Toronto, basically, the Toronto Blessing. And they had what was called renewal tents that they um, toured the western United States. They'd bring their tent and stay for 10 days or so. And they called me, and I was the only charismatic Pentecostal church within a long ways where I was at. And they asked me to bring their tent to our um, or city. And my mind knew these were the Christians my mom did warn me about. Because <laughs> I was still coming out of joy impairedness. And um, before my mind could say no, my spirit told them, yes, bring your tent. <laughs> and when they brought their tent, they had a sign on the tent that troubled me. The sign said this, the party is here. made me uncomfortable. This is church. I mean, the party is here. 
So these guys who were running the tent, there was a couple and one other guy. These, these three people were barely functional. It'd be like this. One would lead worship, and the, the one speaking would, 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 actually, would crawl up to the pulpit. <laughs> crawl up, pull, pull himself up to the pulpit, lean over pulpit. I was watching that out there, and I was troubled and uncomfortable. <laughs> Just watch. Nothing. I said, Lord, nothing's happening. Just up there leaning over the pulpit, going, Oh! Said nothing's, and I heard this. Yeah, Steve, something's happening. This meeting is just all about you. Because <laughs> where you're going, you got to get that thing off of you. That control thing, that fear-based thing. That having more faith in the devil's ability to deceive you than the Holy Spirit's ability to lead you. Got to get that thing off you. So I hung in there on the tent, more, noon and night meetings for 10 days. And after 10 days, I became one of them. <laughs> ho! Ho! I was yo-hoing the spirit. Woo! <laughs> Somebody say freedom. We, we, the last day we had a Baptist pastor and his wife visiting the tent. <laughs> Fresh meat. <laughs> and at the end of the meeting, we said, uh, their name was Lee and Gail. Lee and Gail, can we pray for you? And they come on up, and, and we gather around them. And we, the moment we lay hands on them, they fall out into the power. And it was not a courtesy fall. It wasn't a courtesy fall. They got, they got rocked by the power of God in that meeting. He gets up. He's a changed man. He's a changed man. He, he said that, he said that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he, he, he was different after that moment. He was different. He was a Holy Spirit man. And I thought about that. You know, God wants us to have, God wants us to embrace encounters because we're called to release encounters. And joy, embracing joy, embracing childlikeness. Is is part of going deeper into the river of God, and, and it just it just causes us to to overcome. I remember when I, I remember I was getting out of not walking in joy. There'd be people laughing on the floor, and the Lord would say, "Go lay next to them. Go lay next to the person laughing on the floor." I I wasn't laughing. I just lay down next to him. But pretty soon, some of that good stuff started jumping on me. So just tonight is a night of breakthrough, tonight of freedom. By the way, here's what I want to ask you. I got, you know, if it, Joy's one-third of the kingdom. 
then it would seem like at least one third of us should believe one of our primary callings is to advance the kingdom through joy. It's one of mine. It's not my only one, but it's one of mine. That one of my assignments is I'm going to figure out a way to advance the kingdom through joy where I go. And I'm going to ask you in a moment if you believe that's your calling, one of your callings. Uh, to stand, and there's probably going to be more than a third here because you're going to have to make up for some other places. <laughs> but if you feel that's what you're calling, just stand up right now. And if it's not, that's okay. Don't stand just to, you know. But I want to acknowledge you. And if you're sitting, I want you to look at somebody standing and say, We need you. Tell them we need you. We need you. Yeah, you're needed. So I just want to release an impartation to those of you standing. If you're sitting, you can receive this as well. But specifically those who are standing, I just uh, yep, get in receive mode. I just release a, an impartation in the name of Jesus as a fellow joy arsonist. And I impart to you just uh, breakthrough in personal joy, strategies, uh, encounters, freedom in your spirit, revelation on joy, manifestation of joy around you. So if you receive this impartation on, on the count of three, just release a faith laugh. One, two, three. Ha, 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 ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Alright. We're going to end tonight with a uh, joy filled fire tunnel. It's a great opportunity to, some of you have never been in a fire tunnel. It's just a, you walk through two rows of people. Their job is just to bless you in part. Your job is to walk through and to, if you can make it, and to receive. And we receive by faith, not feelings. We receive by faith, not feelings. So you guys receive the message tonight. Say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Amen. Give God thanks. Give Him praise.